All right, you ready? Ready. The red light is on. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Secure Act 2.0 is changing the retirement landscape again. This 300-page bill includes more than 90 retirement provisions. Many change the rules around Roth accounts. Today, we're talking about what you need to know. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast here with Rochelle Smith, producer of the podcast, and we've got Lauren Merkel with us. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. I imagine him up late at night with these 300 pages of legislation by his side, memorizing it page by page. Is it true, Merkel? Well, that's a nice vision, but it didn't really happen, doesn't really happen. But I have scoured through most of those pages and the highlighted provisions. There are, within those 300 pages, 90 retirement plan provisions. And many of those will affect pre-retirees and retirees, which is why we're spending this time talking about the SECURE Act and the different provisions that will impact those who are looking to transition to the retirement phase of their life and those who are already in it. And a lot of those provisions have to do with required minimum distributions or RMDs. We did an entire podcast on that. If you're in our podcast right now, just scroll up one because it's the last podcast that we did on the SECURE Act. But this is SECURE Act 2.0 part two, and we want to talk about 529 plans and Roth contributions. So before we get going on what's changed on the Roth contribution, let's let's go with a little Roth 101 right off the top, Lauren. What is a Roth account? Well, the number one wealth eroding factor when it comes to retirement planning is in fact taxes. The Roth account is one of those superheroes that can really help pre-retirees and retirees mitigate the impact of retirement taxes. I mean, just look at high level. If you have a million dollar pre-tax IRA or pre-tax 401k plan going into retirement, your retirement tax bill on that $1 million of money you've never paid taxes on before could be in excess of $500,000. That is incredible. When when most people hear that number, they're like, it's almost disbelief. Yeah. Feels like all your hard-earned you're money t- is going out the door. Yeah. So you start retirement with a million dollars and you're saying over the course of that 20 to 30 year retirement time frame, I'm going to pay $500,000 in federal and state tax. Yeah, potentially, unless you put together an intentional tax plan for retirement. And that's where the Roth IRA comes into play. Now, a lot of pre-retirees and retirees have not had the opportunity to build up meaningful money underneath the Roth because it just started in 1998. And in 1998, there wasn't a lot of pickup right away. You know, it takes some time for people to get used to uh, some a different type of savings vehicle. And also in 1998, the federal and state tax codes were different as well. Taxes were higher at that time. So people w- were waiting the option of should I do this brand new Roth IRA or or I was was gonna say Roth 401k but that wasn't even around then should people do the Roth IRA or should people continue to not pay taxes on these contributions to the traditional IRA and a lot of people chose to do the the tax deductible IRA or the pre-tax 401k plan so here we are 20 some years later and a lot of people are on the doorsteps of retiring with this massive retirement tax bill at their doorsteps and the Roth IRA can be a way that people can mitigate a lot of that impact. So the money that you put into the Roth, you're already taxed on. So you've already paid taxes on it. But then 
is where the magic comes into play. You will not pay taxes on qualified Roth IRA distributions. And so as long as that money's underneath the Roth, it will grow tax-free, take it out tax-free, which can, if, if integrated well into your income plan, save you some serious taxes over the course of your retirement. Okay, bear with me. Couple pedestrian questions. So you say Roth account. So that's just the way the money is kind of what labeled. And then inside there, I can choose investments just like you would in an IRA or a 401k. Yeah, that's actually a good question. Cause sometimes people will say, well, uh, the Roth, I heard that those don't really make money, right? It's just investing in, in, at the bank or it's a savings account. No, actually you can invest in just about anything you want to. So think about your traditional IRA and you have stocks and you have bonds and you have mutual funds and ETFs. Same thing with the Roth IRA. It's just simply a tax shelter. And underneath that shelter, you can have just about any type of investment you want to, and you can be guaranteed if you want. So you can have a bank product underneath of it. Uh, or you can take risk. It's completely up to you. Okay, so you said when I retire, I get to take the money out tax-free. The growth, I take that out tax-free as well. But I heard something about qualifying distributions. What are, what, 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 what rules are there? Well, the Roth is so nice. Uh, with the niceties that come with the Roth, you of course, there are going to be some provisions in there, right? Some if-thens and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, the government's involved here, so it's clearly. Not, it's not going to be easy, <laughs> uh, but actually it is relatively easy, com easy compared to a lot of the other tools that people can use for retirement savings. Simply, um, once you're over 59 and a half, assuming you meet the five-year rule, then you can take that money out and not have to pay any taxes on the growth. It's, it is as simple as that. There are some exceptions prior to 59 and a half. Uh, there's some strategies you can implement if you need to get to it to not have to pay the penal penalty and still have it as a qualified distribution. But, but generally, people aren't going to use their Roth money until much later in retirement. Even our retirees, most of them are saving that money for later down the road because it is your most powerful retirement tax retirement account from a tax standpoint because the the growth is tax free. So most people within their overall income strategy are, are going to defer distributions on the Roth account to take advantage of the, the compound tax growth. And that five year rule is what keep the money in that account for five years? Well there's a couple five year rules. Oh good. <clears throat> Hang on, Rochelle. Oh, okay. <laughs> and sometimes the five-year rule isn't even the five-year rule. Okay. That's, that's kind of right. the joke going around the retirement planners at the office. Oh, those retirement oh, planners are so funny. They are. Oh, they joke about five-year rules. That's funny. <laughs> they get a real kick out of the five-year rules. That Do are five-year rules. Okay, try me out. Let me see if okay. I get a kick. Well, let's go with one five-year rule. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay, so here's the first five-year rule as it relates to the Roth. It is that for contributions, the Roth IRA has to be established for at least five years, five years or 59 and a half, whichever is greater. So if you're 40 years old and you don't have a Roth IRA, you need to set up a Roth IRA, make a contribution. And then five years later, or actually in that case, 59 and a half, you're eligible to take that money out uh, their earnings out without a penalty. That's five year rule number one. All if right. you're, if that you're, was funny. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're 58 years old. Okay. These jokes are great, aren't they? <laughs> if, if you're 58 years old and you've never set up a Roth IRA, you set up a Roth IRA. And remember, it's five years or 59 and a half, whichever is greater. So now you have to wait until 63 to take the earnings out of that Roth without a penalty even though the typically is 59 and a half. So you can see how this gets really comical in a hurry. It does. You know, there's the Funny Bone Comedy Club yeah. in the Des Moines area. And I'm just wondering if they need people. They I do. was wondering. They do. And they could definitely tap that re the retirement planner room. That's yeah. For <laughs> you, you should lead. You should be the warm-up act. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, and you guys should be the audience members because you're good at the laughter part. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to help. Every good comedian <laughs> needs a, a good audience. <laughs> couple more things to note about the Roth IRA, Lauren. There are some income, what, parameters around this? That's probably the best way to, to say it because they're, yeah, I mean, there really some parameters. First of all, to make a contribution to the Roth, now we're, now we're not talking about conversions, we're talking about contributions, you have to have earned income. So you have to make at least some money. If you're age 50 and older, the most you can contribute to a Roth IRA for 2023 is 7500 but you have to at least make, have earned income, or your spouse has earned income of at least 7500 to be able to contribute that amount. But if you make too much, then it disqualifies you from any contributions to the Roth IRA. For, so if you're single and you make over 153000 you cannot contribute to the Roth. If you're married, you make over 228000 you also cannot contribute to the Roth. So you have to make somewhere between the amount you want to contribute up to the maximum yearly contribution amount and that yearly income limit for single 153 and married 228. Okay, do you feel like you have a good understanding of the basics of the Roth, Rochelle? I, I feel like I do. Okay, because guess what? What? That was just the basics of a Roth. Oh, jeez. We're getting into Secure Act 2.0. This and is then, getting complicated. <laughs> well, when, and when it will. Th- when you think about the Roth, just think about uh, it's one of your best retirement savings. Whether you're 21 years old, or you're 61 years old, it can be your most powerful vehicle. And you just want to make sure you have a plan to not only fund it appropriately for you, but then also use it once retirement comes around. Okay, hold on. I'm going back to when I was 20 years old, not that long ago. And well, I went to- Way s- back then, <laughs> I went to the Roth s- wasn't available, so. No, the Roth wasn't available, yeah, seriously. But I went to set up my 401k for the first time. And the big, exciting, amazing part about a 401k was that what I contributed to it, I could take away from my income and I'd pay less taxes, Lauren. Yes, and that is amazing. And it really, really helped you out in that particular year. You're going to find once you retire that if it could actually hurt you more because when you retire, most of your money is going to be pre-taxed. You've never been taxed on it before. And there's this something we call the required minimum distribution, which is what we talked about uh, the last podcast and how the Secure Act 2.0 has changed that. But we also t- call, call that time frame the tax torpedo because if by that point, for, for right now, for most people, it's going to be age 73. And at 73, you're required to take distributions from these pre-tax accounts you've never paid taxes on before. It's a mandatory minimum. You've already turned on your Social Security by that point if you have a pension. So you have all this income coming in that you have to pay taxes on and you can't turn it off. You don't want to turn it off, which is going to put you in a minimum tax bracket. And for some of you, that minimum tax bracket isn't going to be so minimum. It's going to be a lot of taxes that you're going to have to pay. Uh And that's where the Roth can really help out because that is a way that you can take income and take as much as your Roth IRA would allow you to take income and not have to pay any taxes on it at all. And that's where the conversion strategies really come into play. So you've already done, right? You started uh, contributing to the pre-tax side. That was beneficial for you in that particular year. Now your strategy is how do you pay taxes on that money at in the most advantageous way for you between now and ultimately when you need it for retirement. And that is where the Roth conversion strategy comes into play. How much should you be converting this year to pay an amount of tax that is acceptable to you based on what we think taxes are going to do down the road and uh, balance time with that? Because the sooner you do it, the sooner that money is underneath the Roth IRA, which is going to compound tax-free for that much longer. 
And the nice thing about a Roth conversion is there are not income parameters around that. There used to be income parameters around it. They also used to uh, have a, a cap on the amount you can convert, convert up to 100000 But those parameters went away. So you can convert as much as you want to. But it for most people, it is not advantageous for you to convert uh, $400,000, $300,000. Because every dollar that you convert will be taxed at your ordinary income tax bracket. So the more you convert, the higher level of tax you're going to pay on it. So you have to be very strategic, very intentional with your conversion strategy. I had to tell my 20-year-old self <laughs> there was no Roth option in my uh, 3% of 21,000, by the way, guys, wasn't much going into that 401k. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Uh, but, you know, not, not paying taxes on that 20,000, the 3% of the 21,000 was probably pretty meaningful to you. Because, then, because yes. you got more in your pocket in 21,000, you know, way back then, went longer, further than what 21,000 goes now. But it was still pretty meaningful to you at, at that point. So you did what you could. And just like what you're doing now, you do what you can going forward, use the tax legislation to your, uh, to your benefit. And that legislation changes all the time and your plan should change all the time too. Okay. Speaking of legislation changing, let's get back to secure act 2.0. Here's what's changing. You know, we didn't define this, so let's make sure that we, people understand because some of these rules are around the Roth 401k. Am, am I right here? Good. So far yeah, so with, good. Yeah. With secure act 2.0, uh, a lot of them are actually around the Roth 401k. Um, which is good. So there are, there's the Roth IRA, which is what we've been talking about, but there's also a Roth 401k plan. Some of you may have eligibility to contribute to a Roth 401k and some may not. That's completely dependent upon the type of 401k that your employer set up. So if you have a 401k, you'd have the pre-tax option. Uh, some of you have the Roth 401k option. It has become a lot more prevalent over the last few years. And do you find as people get closer to retirement, if they haven't been taking advantage of the Roth 401k, is there a sweet spot of when you need to start putting some money in, in that part? Yeah, and that's different for everybody. And it has uh, some of it has to do with the time frame that you have left before you retire. More of that is behavioral, though. Uh, whereas if you your employer just started offering the Roth 401k, you've been contributing to the pre-tax side for the last 25 years, and all of a sudden there's this brand new thing, you know, inertia says, and it's, you're going to keep moving the same direction you've been moving in. Sure. So f for a lot of people, it's been hard to make that switch because it's new, it's unknown, and it's takes effort to make that change. Uh, but some of you should make a change and, and some of you should not. And that's where the tax planning comes into play. Which one of you should make the change? Which one of you shouldn't make the change and, and how much? And some for some of you, it's a combination. So for some of you, you should be contributing part of it to the pre-tax, part of it to the Roth. Uh, it's, it's customized, different for everybody. Yeah, so you've said a lot of things that make some of these investments sound attractive as you're moving to and through retirement. But somebody out there is going, well, should I make that change? Should I not? If you need those questions answered or you want more information on the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k or any of the things we talk about in this podcast, a great place to start is by scheduling a 15-minute retirement checkup call. You can go to MerkleRetire.com, that's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com, and schedule your complimentary 15-minute retirement checkup call today. And you could ask a retirement planner, should I or should I not, when it comes to some of these investments. And you get access to some of those jokes, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. Direct, one-on-one -on -one access to... The jokes straight from the retirement plan. Oh, he's on fire today. He is. What you have for lunch? Nothing. <laughs> Spencer wants to run some uh, ideas by me after. She, gets, she says, make sure you eat before coming to talk to me. 
He's running on empty. Maybe you're funniest when you're running on E. You'll have to keep that in mind. Okay, Secure Act 2.0. Let's talk about the changes that are happening here with RMDs and the Roth 401k. So right now, for 2023, RMDs are required from Roth 401ks, but that's going away. If you're not employed. Uh, so here's also where some of the contingencies... I read all about this and I didn't even <laughs> catch that. Jeepers. Here's also where some of the contingencies here. come into play. So if you are currently employed and let's say you're over RMD age, just for for safety, let's just say it's 75, right? Everybody who's 75 right now has to take an RMD, except for if you're employed and you are not a 5% owner or an officer of your company that you work for, then you do not have to take out an RMD from your pre-tax accounts. You also do not have to take out an RMD from your Roth 401k. However, if you're not employed, so you left your employer, you retired and you left that money behind underneath that 401k plan, you do have to take out an RMD from the pre-tax side and you also have to take out an RMD from the Roth 401k which is where a lot of confusion takes place because your Roth IRAs you do not have to take a required minimum distribution your pre-tax IRAs you do your Roth IRAs you don't your pre-tax 401k you do and your pre-tax 401k or your Roth 401k you also have to take a distribution so it's, it's been confusing for a lot of people. I mean, we do this for a living and we're, we understand it, but if, if you are just kind of reading about this, uh, there's a lot of confusing articles out there. Uh, maybe you're talking to coworkers about it and there's a lot of misinformation or confused information. It can, it can create havoc, uh, for a lot of people and the penalties are really steep. They're 25% of the amount that you were supposed to take out and you didn't take out. 25% is a penalty. Uh, now, that is one of the changes and we talked about that in the last, last podcast. So it used to be 50%, which was really, really steep. But still, 25% is a steep penalty for something you should have done um, and the IRS just wants to tax you on it. Okay, so what happens in 2024? I don't have to worry about RMDs from Roth 401ks. It, it eliminates that confusion. So whether you have a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k plan with a former employer, you are no longer required to take a distribution from that account. So the pre-tax, so it's easy. So just think about your pre-tax monies, you still have to take an RMD. Your Roth monies, you do not have to. And that's an easy way to think about it. Clear cut. Clear cut. <laughs> Which anytime. Starting in 2024. Yes, yes. Starting in 2024. And anytime you have more flexibility with your own money and control over your own money, I would say generally, Lauren, that's a good thing or you say it's a good well, thing. Well, to me, to me, control is center of the issue because you can take out as much as you want to. But they're mandating you take out a minimum amount. And if it's your Roth, your most coveted retirement asset, you want to keep that money underneath there as long as you can. That makes sense within your overall retirement and income plan. And they're forcing you to take it out. That's not a good thing for you. Same thing with your pre-tax accounts. Uh, with your Roths, even though they force you to take it out, you're not paying taxes on those distributions. But your pre-tax accounts you are. And that's why they're forcing you to take it out is because they want to generate revenue from the source of assets they've never received a revenue from before. Uh, and that's going to make you pay a, a higher tax bill. So if you want to take it out, great, take it out. But they're mandating you to take it out. So center of issue for me is is control. It's your money. You want to be able to do what you want with that money. And this just takes a little bit of that control away. 
Secure Act 2.0 also makes it so employer 401k contributions can be made to employees Roth 401k. What's that mean? Yeah, I really like this provision. I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm an employer. So I make contribution. I make uh, contributions on behalf of our employees. Yeah, keep doing that, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Please. we like and, that. And we're going to keep <laughs> doing that. But with this law change, it allows the contribution that Merkle Retirement Plan planning makes to your 401k plans, you now have the option. You can have that contribution still going to your pre-tax side. That's your choice. Okay. Or if you want that contribution to go to the Roth side, you can do that also. If you choose to have it go to the Roth side, you will pay taxes on that contribution. So let's say, let's say you guys are getting a $2,000 contribution from MRP if it goes pre-tax, you're not paying taxes on it until you take it out of your 401k plan to use it for income later down the road. Or if you want it to go to the Roth side, you will pay taxes on it this year. But then it grows tax-free forever. And when you take it out, it comes out tax-free. So it just gives you more control. It gives you more options over the employer match, which we've never had before. Now, one of the things I was concerned about when they were talking about this is how long is it going to take custodians, the 401k platforms, to catch up with this? So this morning I had a conversation with our 401k plan custodian, and they made it sound pretty simple. Basically, sent them, sent them a little bit of information, and we can get that done right away. Okay, so, so it may not take as long as what I originally originally thought, which means we can get those contributions switched over whenever anybody is ready to make that change. All right, I'll, I'll consult my financial planner. Yes. Her if name only you Haley, Haley Gutchenreiter. <laughs> she's going to be at the funny bone later tonight. <laughs> oh, she's she probably will. She's performing on stage too. And another one of the big headlines associated with Secure Act 2.0, Lauren, the changes to 529 plans. This is a big headline because one of the detractors of the 529 plan or for people contributing to the 529 plan is the qualified distributions means that you have to have somebody take the money out and use it for a qualified educational expense. Now, what qualifies as an educational expense has expanded drastically over the last 10 years. It used to be just for higher education. There's a lot of provisions that that had to go along with that but now it has expanded and in fact you can even use it for qualified k-12 through expenses so that is nice but still many people are saying i don't want to use the 529 plan because i don't know if my child is going to need to use those distributions for qualified educational expenses uh, so what this what this provision does is that was just added to Secure Act 2.0 is it says you could use 529 monies that you don't need for qualified educational expenses and roll those over into a Roth IRA. Again, the Roth IRA is your most coveted retirement account. So this allows you the ability to take 529 money you don't want to use for education and convert it to a Roth. However, only if it was that simple. <laughs> I heard that, however. Oh, look, he's making us laugh if it again. was that simple. Oh, yeah. Look at his jokes. Are, they're, here they are. So there are some restrictions. Let's put it that way. There's some restrictions around what this looks like. One of those restrictions is there is a $35,000 lifetime maximum. So you cannot convert more than $35,000 from the 529 plan to the Roth maximum lifetime. Lifetime? I mean, these days, $35,000 dollars barely gets you a year at some school. Well, I know at plenty of schools, it doesn't even get you a year. So I would imagine that people are saving for college for their children are saving a lot more than $35,000. Yeah. And it gets worse. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. So on the surface, it sounds great. Uh, and it still is good because if you qualify within all these restrictions, you're going to be happy. You can convert some of this money over, but it's not nearly as great as what you might, it, it might seem on the surface of saying, hey, I can take my unused 529 monies and move it to the Roth. So it is, yes, 35000 for many people isn't going to quite get it done for them, but it's something. Uh, the other restrictions are is the 529 plan has to be established for at least 15 years. Okay. And any contributions over the last five years plus earnings associated with those contributions are not eligible. Oh, so $35,000 lifetime max, the 529 has to be established for at least 15 years and any contributions and earnings associated with those contributions that have been made over the last five years are ineligible. We'll keep going. <clears throat> oh, Wait. it keeps going. Oh. The parents typically are the owner of the 529 and then the kids are the beneficiary. So you, the parent or grandparent as the owner of the 529 cannot move that money to your Roth. It has to be moved to the beneficiary's Roth. I read that and I thought that was strange because if it's a like an 18-year-old and they don't have a job yet, do they have a Roth yep. so, IRA? So the restrictions keep going. because that I was is, confused that is, by that. That is the other qualification is the, the beneficiary. So let's say junior has to have earned income and has to have earned income of the amount that you're going to convert to the Roth. So the, the maximum conversion amount is the contribution limit for junior for, for that year. So 2023, the contribution for junior is 6,500. So the maximum you could convert from the 529 to the Roth this year, assuming junior has income of at least earned income of at least 6,500. But would under be, 153, would by be the way, let's say junior got a really good job right out of college. Let's just say, yep. and junior made over 153, then he's not even I'm, eligible for this kind I'm of account. I'm so glad you went there. No. With this law, there are no earned income limits. Oh, because it's just, rolling into a Roth. You just have to meet the minimum threshold, but you can make as much as you want to. Junior can. Oh. So junior can make $2 million a year. Way to go, junior. <laughs> but the, the conversion limit is still 6500 which there's not a huge incentive. So 35,000 lifetime max has to be there. The account has to be established for at least 15 years. Uh, last five years of earnings and contributions can't go. Junior has to have a, at least earned income. And then it's the earned income contribution limit per year that can be rolled over. One of the headlines that I grabbed for today was stranded college savings can soon be rescued. I mean, it sounded so good, but then it's like, but wait. Yeah. Wait and then read and then read some more and make sure you get all the details and the restrictions around the conversion. So again, is it a good thing? Yes, because some people can move some money from a 529 plan to a Roth, but there's a lot of gotchas. There's a lot of restrictions. You want to make sure you really know what you're doing when you're making these conversions because you don't want to have penalties on excess contributions to the Roth. Lauren, when it comes to planning for retirement or planning for your children to go to college or planning on the investment side in general, I feel like there are a lot of options. And in order to get to what's best for you, you have to talk about your specific situation. That's why I know you really enjoy these 15-minute retirement checkup calls. I, I really do because we can get to the heart of what your concerns are and really what is important to you. This is your retirement. It's not your coworker's retirement, your sibling's retirement. It's definitely not your parents' retirement. There's a lot of things that have changed and a lot of things will continue to change. So what's important to you? What, what do you want your retirement to look like? And then strategically, we can put together or at least on the call 
called the the basics of the plan, right? Address the concerns, questions that you have. Uh, and then, you know, I think one of the hardest parts about creating a retirement plan is just getting started. Number one, most people don't realize so much that goes into retirement plan. We think about it as our investments, which is a part of it. But then you think about the the tax law and you think about these this new Secure Act 2.0 and all the things, all the different components of a retirement plan that that one law touches and how does it play a meaningful role in your retirement plan so the hardest part is getting started the 15-minute checkup call is one great easy way to get started building out your plan and uh, helping you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish from a retirement planning standpoint get started now no matter where you live you can go to merkelretire.com that's m-e-r-k-l-e retire.com and schedule your 15-minute retirement checkup call today we're not done talking about the SECURE Act yet. Tune in next week to learn about how catch-up contributions are changing and how it'll impact your retirement. This has been Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.